I'm Derek Thompson, the host of The Ringer podcast, Plain English. Look, a lot of news these days is kind of nonsense. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel here. I'm just trying to ask the questions that matter from people who know more than I do about everything I'm curious about. And that's most things. Recession fears, AI hyperbole, psychology, productivity, China, war, streaming, movies, sports, you name it. The world without jargon, the news without bias. Plain English with Derek Thompson. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Hi, I'm Tara Palmieri. I'm Puck's senior political correspondent, and this is Somebody's Gotta Win. I'm dropping this pod a little bit earlier because it's an emergency pod. Tuesday night, there were earthquakes in the political world. A historic decision was dropped down from the Colorado Supreme Court. I know. Did you ever think the Supreme Court in Colorado could change the game in a presidential election? Well, they basically upheld a decision to ban Trump from their state's ballot by using a little-known insurrection clause in the 14th Amendment. The judges said that Trump was responsible for the insurrection. They write, quote, President Trump intended that his speech would result in the use of violence or lawless action on January 6th to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. They also acknowledge that they are in unchartered territory with this ruling. There are a number of other states that have taken up this lawsuit, like Michigan and Minnesota, but none have ruled this way. And they cite this part of the Constitution. It's Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And it was created after the Civil War to make sure that a Confederate leader couldn't be voted into office and basically undo, you know, the war in, in post-Reconstruction era. I'm not a legal expert, um, so I brought one on for this show, uh, a top legal expert. But I can already see the political implications of this. I've heard from various operatives on other political camps that this is just going to be like rocket fuel for Trump's nomination. They expect it will help him sail through Iowa and New Hampshire, just like the indictments helped him bump in the polls. Um, he can lean into his claims that he's a victim. This is political persecution, that somehow it's election interference. And all of the other candidates have gone on the record basically saying that this ruling should not be upheld and that Trump should be able to run. So they're basically supporting his position. He's fundraising off of it. This is something that helps him in a primary. Now, a general election, totally different story. And then there's also the Supreme Court, which will likely rule on this before January 5th when Colorado starts printing its ballots. Okay, so I brought on a special guest 
Uh, I was on CNN this morning with CNN anchor and senior political analyst John Avlon, who knows a lot about the 14th Amendment. He dives deep into it in his book, Lincoln and the Fight for Peace. And he agrees with the Colorado Supreme Court decision, even though conventional wisdom is that it will likely get shot down in the Supreme Court. He thinks Trump should be disqualified from the ballot, and he's going to break it all down for us and his reasoning. So, John... You understand this topic way better than I do. Can you please explain to the listeners why this Supreme Court state ruling is so significant? Sure. Um, It is the first instance we've had uh, regarding Donald Trump and January 6th uh, that says he is not only culpable for the insurrection, but according to the U.S. Constitution, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, He is therefore disqualified from holding public office going forward. Um, This obviously is a huge deal, Um, but it's it's a huge deal rooted in American history. And and, and some of us have been sort of uh, yelling this from the rafters because it's right there in the Constitution. We've got an unprecedented situation with January 6th, of course. We've never had a president try to overturn an election uh, on on the basis of a lie that led to an attack on the Capitol. but. Right there in the middle of the U.S. Constitution uh, is an amendment and a section that specifically addresses what happens if people took an oath to uphold the Constitution and then engaged in an insurrection or rebellion. And basically what it says is if you engage in an insurrection or rebellion or give aid and comfort to the same, you will be disqualified, ineligible to hold office going forward. And they say, look, it's civil or military, any office. Um, and, and that can only be overturned by, by a, I think, two-thirds vote of Congress. Uh, this was put in place after the Civil War, obviously designed to apply to the former Confederates. And this was a, a big deal. I, I wrote a book uh, recently called Lincoln and the Fight for Peace. And uh, it, it deals with you know Lincoln's leadership, but also the aftermath, how, how you win a peace. And one of the ways you win a peace is you ensure accountability. And and one of the and make sure that on, a Confederate doesn't win and basically unwind the like the, the work of the war, right? Right. And 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 Jill Jill Lepore, I'll say, wrote an excellent article and a typically excellent article in the New Yorker about the failure to prosecute Jefferson Davis and how that was a major problem for national reconciliation and helped propagate the lost cause. So I recommend that. But what Lincoln was really focused on is look, you need to be merciful to the rank and file. They've been misled. But there's a class of people who know better. And we, we sometimes forget in the context of American history that there were a number of members of Congress, you know, generals, judges who had who knew better, you know, who'd taken an oath to uphold the Constitution and they all jumped to the Confederacy. And the point was they can't just sounds familiar. Come, right? <laughs> they can't they can't just come back and retake over the the the, the levers of government. Uh, there needs to be a degree of accountability, even if they're not applying. And, and Lincoln was insisted on this, you know, the traditional punishment for treason, which is, you know, execution, right? You know, Lincoln was going to be merciful. He just said, you can't call the power power back right away just because your, you know, your your insurrection was unsuccessful. So this is this is in the Constitution. It's one of the three major amendments in the wake of the Civil War. And uh, and I looked at the debate around ratification of this particular provision, Section Three. And 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 one of the senators I quote in an article uh, uh, that's up on, on CNN, um, and I used in a reality check over a year ago, making the 
point that this existed for a reason is very clear. This is not just retrospective for Confederates in the wake of the Civil War. This is insurance against future insurrection attempts. Right. But has it ever been used again is the question. Like, it seems to me that it's kind of vague, untested, and it's from the Reconstruction era. And and that's part of the reason why a lot of people are saying that there's no way that the Supreme Court will agree to it. Well, you know, first of all, uh, again, we run into the basic fundamental issue, which is it's in the Constitution, right? And <laughs> And, you, you know, if we just start uh, saying, well, we're not going to enforce that part of the Constitution. Well, it's all about interpretation, right? Or, well, yes and no. Well, that's I why mean, we have courts, right? We have th- courts that's to we, interpret That's why we things. have courts. But, I mean, it's it's there in black and white. I mean, you know, Judge Michael Littick, conservative justice, was, was on CNN earlier today, has made this point very eloquently, uh, that it's, it's, you know, how will we ever you know invoke it? Well, it's self-executing, i.e. it's in the Constitution. You're right especially in the case of a president. We've never had a president of the United States try to lead an insurrection against the United States. Again, the language is any office, which I think pretty clearly applies to the president. But you know, And they wanted think, it spelled out. The, the Trump team said it wasn't spell spelled out, out president. Right. But, but that, that was sort of inconceivable. But if you trace the genesis to the, from the, for the founding fathers writing the Constitution, one of the things they're most concerned about is that a demagogue would become a despot and use the levers of power to create a mob that would keep him in power, in effect. That was like the founding fathers' worst nightmare. And, and so this is all in the context of that. And, and in fact, it has been uh, uh, utilized since the Civil War. Um, it, it, twice against two individuals who participated in January 6th. A New Mexico oh, really? County Commissioner. Yes. He, he couldn't I mean, run this, for office again because he no. was prosecuted in the January 6th. Or he was convicted. Two, two people con- convicted, right? And they and they and they broke into the Capitol. But a New Mexico County Commissioner. But Trump and, hasn't been convicted yet. And yes, that's I the get thing. it. But I'm just saying, like, the idea that, like, this has never been tested. We have no idea what to No, I'm sorry. That's Do they have to wait for true. a conviction, though? I know they ruled that he wasn't part of an insurrection in Colorado, but... Well, they did. They said, you know, hey, this is an insurrection in, in Colorado. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and I'll get to that in a second. So there are two individuals, uh, New Mexico and, and a former state legislature in West Virginia, legislator in West Virginia, uh, who are, had, had the 14th Amendment Section 3 invoked against them after their conviction, i.e. they can't hold office or run for office ever again. So this has been invoked against relatively rank-and-file folks, in the case of January 6th. Now, I've, I've, I've spoken to members of Congress um, who, who have pointed out that the second article of impeachment, which passed both the House of Representatives and the Senate with a majority, not the two-thirds majority needed to convict and, and impeach in the Senate, which if Mitch McConnell had let you know, the doors open, you would have had three more Republican senators impeach. Uh, but instead, they said, no. This, this, he'll be held accountable in the courts. Remember, that was Mitch McConnell's argument. Um, but still, a majority in both houses voted or you know, said he was guilty of inciting an insurrection. So that's a, that's a fact pattern that may or may not become relevant in, in the coming weeks. Um, and people obviously are cynical about the court and, it's, and, and the blurring of partisan and ideological predisposition and the fact that three individuals were appointed by Donald Trump. Right. I mean, there's already talk of like, can you get Clarence Thomas recused from this 
ruling because of Ginny Thomas's wife's, you know, close association with Trump. So, I mean, is there any chance that would happen? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't think there's any way to compel a recusal. It, 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 it usually, you know, if memory serves, depends on on an individual uh, to to recognize a conflict. In in uh, and we don't expect he will. That's not something no, he- no. But but I mean, you know, his wife. There's a there's a paper trail, but she was very involved in the efforts uh, around this. But lots of people were. Um, look, we we have Scott Perry's text messages uh, and cell phone records that are going to uh, come online. Um, you know, this could be used against members of Congress if they participated. Right. And then they might also have to be removed from the ballots in their states, right? Yes. Look, this, 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 you know, the argument ag- among the many arguments against this, and Ellie Honig and I have a long, uh, a spirited uh, public debate on CNN uh, about this going back months. And it happened again this morning at six in the morning. You've got to respect these men for the energy that they showed up with in the morning or the excitement, at least from the overnight ruling. I oh, saw yeah. it. No, they no, were no, sparring yeah, I mean, I, at six I, in the morning of sipping coffee. <laughs> every, everyone, everyone needs a needs a hobby, and, and you know, a good debate better than coffee. I mean, I'd been up, I'd been hosting the five a.m. show, so I was well caffeinated. Uh, um, but but I'd written the column Legend that I, over before, here. before crash. No, just just that you know, a whenever whenever history and politics collide, that's that's kind of in that that's that's in my wheelhouse. That's your and, and this spot. is something yeah. I've been. I've been focused on on for a while, and 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 what frustrates me is is if we're honest, I mean Ellie's argument, good, right? Which is, I mean, I disagree with it, but it's, um, uh, you know, that that there's no mechanism. It's very unclear. There's not a precedent for putting a president applied to this, and 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 we're on a timeline, and there's all, all these things, and it's very clear now that a number of cases that are going to go through the Supreme Court that could have dramatic bearings on on the election, and 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 Trump's prosecution, which I will hasten to remind people is entirely his fault. Right, this isn't a persecution; it's a prosecution for things he did in office that no other president has ever done that uh, completely undermine the oath of office he took. Be that as it may, um, you know. Uh, good people can disagree at all, all, all sorts of stuff. Um, to me, the fundamental issue is it's in the Constitution, right there. The Constitution either means what it says or it doesn't. Uh, and especially for people, also who depends on your interpretation of it, though. I think. Well, but but remember, all these constitutional conservatives who are textualists and originalists saying, you know, you need to interpret it as it was written, not as you'd like to interpret it today through the prism of of partisan self interest, which I think too often we see as as more than a dollop of of hypocrisy. Uh, but for a court that's trying to regain its footing, um, I'm, by the way, I'm not saying by any means that this is a slam dunk case. I'm saying a fair minded reading a fair-minded reading, this is absolutely on the table and on the menu. And it's been crazy that you we haven't You even mentioned that the, the Federalist Society agrees with you, right? And they're a Republican... Not the Federalist Society, but two legal scholars from, oh, okay. who are active in the Federalist Society. Uh, uh, put a, you know, That's a 74-page report, which I read months ago. Um, and they went into it very impartially and said, look, we got to look at this and break it down. And, and they didn't go with any preconceived notes. It was certainly not partisan. Uh, and they came to the conclusion that, yes, it was absolutely applicable for what Donald Trump did. And I encourage people to read it. It's not a remotely partisan document. Two conservative jurists who are active in the federal society, their independent analysis, to go to Michael Ludig, I mean, wh- whoever you want. This shouldn't be seen through a partisan prison. The other argument uh, that gets blurred with that is, um, Look, it, it, it may be in the Constitution, 
but it's just too politically hard and it could politically backfire. And 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 we should just not hold Trump accountable. Let the people hold him accountable. He, we, we courts can't hold him accountable. We shouldn't apply, you know, these laws because it, it, it's just it's just too sticky and people will be upset. OK. And it, and it really helps a, like in. It, it sort of furthers his narrative that he's a victim and that there's some sort of election interference happening through the courts, right? I'm, no, I, 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 that, of course, that's the narrative he's going to spin. And that's the narrative. We're it. not saying it's reality, but, but right, exactly. But but there's also a long history of Trump and his team trying to play the ref, right? I mean, oh, yeah. the, the 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 threatening the the threat of violence is itself designed to intimidate people into not holding other people accountable. So that they can mm-hmm. achieve power. And the point, one of the points that has been often made is if, 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 if you don't hold people accountable for an attempted coup, it's just practice. Accountability is key. And Trump wriggles out of it constantly because he's got money and power or threats uh, and, and people buckle at the knees. My point's real simple. And they also Apply didn't the think he was going to come back this strong. Let's be honest. After January 6th, did you really think you're going to see Trump 2024 leading the polls like this? I, I, I look, didn't. Let's be clear: not leading the polls, leading the Republican polls, right? I mean, national polls mean absolutely nothing at this point. So this is if if Republicans were self-regulating. Did you think he would be the nominee of the Republican Party in twenty twenty four? Look, first of all, no one started voting yet. So I this is another debate I have with my my friend and colleague, you know, Phil Phil Mattingly on air. He's like, it's over, like as of two months ago. I, I don't know. I'm old fashioned. I like for people to vote before we decide who's going to win the nomination. Okay. Is he in a dominant position? Sure. Um, but remember, you know, if 37 percent of the Republican Party are hardcore Trump, no matter what, but we'll support him even in martial law. That's around 12 percent of the American people. Like, you know, because the nation's not 50 50 Democrat Republican, lest we forget. Um, and again, the other, the overriding principle is apply the law. Equal justice under law. Apply the law. Don't get spun around the axle about any of these other considerations. Oh, no, what might that doesn't matter. What matters is that we're a nation of laws and and that we try to apply principles that transcend partisan self-interest, because that's the essence of fairness. And one of the only gauges we've got in a self-governing country is not just the Constitution and the body of laws, but our history. We got to apply the lessons of history, and and when we fail to do that, that's when we're fools. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with twenty five thousand miles on. I got it to over two hundred thousand miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. 
you want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Okay, predictions. Do you think this will actually be upheld in the Supreme Court? What percentage chance do you think? Is it like a 50-50 or? I, I, I'm not going to play that because I, I, A, I don't know. B, I mean, I'm sort of a big And it's fan only a few weeks the, uh, away and I might be able to call you out on it later on. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I'm, fine, I'm fine with that accountability. No one's got a perfect batting average. Um, I, I, I just think that, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Jay Rosen, you know, it's not the odd mistake. As, as a frame for how we as journalists should be thinking about this election. And so I always resist, especially when it's not polling, but simply conjecture, reducing things to like, what percentage? Um, look, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, nine zero unanimous in favor of, of the 14th Amendment, Section 3. Um, but again, if, if people are thinking actually about principle, not partisanship, and they're not getting partisan politics or politics or fear or greed get in the way of their decisions, and they just look at their their legal principles and the letter of the law uh, and the context around the establishment of, of, of the uh, amendment, I don't think it can be dismissed out of hand. Uh, I don't think it should be dismissed out of hand. Which conservative members could you see voting in favor of upholding this ruling? Recent history would suggest the two who uh, would never support this are Alito and Thomas. Um, uh, I, I, I think, you know, I think Roberts and, and Kavanaugh and, um, and to some extent Amy Coney Barrett are, are very conscious of trying to heal the reputation of the court and to not have it be uh, seen as a partisan entity. Now, that could cut both ways in this case, right? Uh, what one could argue. But given that it's a conservative-dominated court, it would be a lot less polarizing to not simply break down along partisan lines. Uh, to have a surprising have, outcome that, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. If, if it, One of the, the, the problems, obviously, with Bush v. Gore was that we had a presidential election. Um, uh, counting stopped, is the right way to say it. At the at the at the the uh, the the order of the Supreme Court, and it broke down along partisan lines, and it benefited the president of the party uh, who who had the five four vote. Uh, that obviously hurt the legitimacy of the court because the entire idea of the court is that it's it's above and beyond partisan politics and consideration. Um, we but all but at the same not. time, the president gets to pick their you know, their justice and right, but, they but, are fed them but, up know, by a, you know. But Richard Nixon picked Harry Blackman and and and, uh, and John F. Kennedy picked Byron White. I mean, ideally, you know, uh, look, I mean, you know, Ford picked Justice Stevens. Mavericks who was slipped a, through. <laughs> but, but, but that used to happen all the time and it was actually very healthy. Hooter, Stevens, 
you know, were 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 were, were Republican appointees. Blackman was a Republican appointee, um, and 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 I think that's actually really healthy. Look, I'm 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 a centrist, and I think it's great when people um, are. are have a reputation for independence. You started your career in Republican integrity. politics, right? Like, well, that's not quite true. I mean, I've never, I've never been a Republican. Uh, but I did work for Rudy Giuliani when he was mayor of New York. Before that, I, I, I volunteered on on Bill Clinton's '96 campaign and was okay. a, a White House intern. Uh, uh, my first book was Independent Nation, which is a history of centrist leaders in, in American politics. I did marry a Republican, uh, but <laughs> that is true. Um, okay. So getting back to the case though, how do you see this playing out on the actual trail? Um, say that the ruling is upheld. Do you think that a number of other states are going to bring this forward? Are they going to try to stop stop Trump from getting on the ballot? If it's dismissed, is is the question of whether he incited or aided an insurrection dismissed as well, because the court is also supposed to rule on that. Is this a, a very consequential Supreme Court ruling? What do you expect will happen from it? Oh, God, yeah. And, and obviously, it's caught up in a thicket of other judgments they were being asked to make uh, vis-a-vis his legal accountability uh, in, in the Jack Smith Special Counsel, uh, the question of prosecuting uh, individuals under obstruction of official proceedings, um, which you know was the sort of lower-grade uh, um, Law used to convict many of the people who, who uh, were involved in 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 January sixth. Some members, like you know the Oath Keepers and Proud Boys, were were convicted of seditious conspiracy, uh, but the vast majority were not. And, and Jack Smith, among other things, is charging Trump with a conspiracy to defraud the United States, which Ellie Honig would tell you I was arguing for like a year ago. So take that, Ellie. Uh, he's like, no, we're gonna have him on the show soon. Um, <laughs> Ellie's great, um, but. Uh, so, so obviously, it's massively consequential. I, I, I imagine they will decide. Uh, all these decisions will be made from a Supreme Court perspective in conjunction with one another, not in isolation. Uh, I don't know what that means for the uh, Colorado ballot. Uh, you know, I, I don't have perfect foresight. Obviously, the idea of the Supreme Court is to provide federal guidance for laws, and I can certainly see how the state-by-state application of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, would be tricky. And some objective uh, standards will and are be needed. You know, uh, I I think uh, Greg Abbott, Texas governor, floated that maybe Texas would deny Biden access to the ballot. Uh, Of course, ignoring the fact that- Right, I could see them trying to flip this around on, you know. Right, but but again, let's not get intimidated by aggressive defensiveness based in total nonsense. Uh, aggressive defense is being a, like a, a term uh, for when people act aggressive, but are uh, you know th- th- their aggression is masked by saying that oh we're being we're being pushed to the defense, therefore we have to attack you first. Uh, yeah, okay. If you want to invoke the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, to do that, um, then you're going to have to show how he engaged, how the current president engaged in or gave aid or comfort to an insurrection or rebellion. Uh, I mean, again, like at some point, words have meanings, laws matter. I know we're in a you know fact challenged post truth politics at the moment, but that's all the re- more reason to insist that laws matter and words matter, and objective standards can and should be applied regardless of what party is in power, as long as the individual case meets the criteria. Um, and so, I think it's a big mistake for 
for Democrats to be cheerleading this from a partisan perspective. Be as dispassionate as he can, because this is really just about history, the U.S. Constitution, what happened on January 6th. And it frankly should have been raised earlier. And I think a lot of people pulled their punches because it seemed politically hard. The lower court in Colorado, which didn't quite take the step, um, you know, did so is not think they said he engaged in an insurrection. That was clear. But they got hung up on whether the office of president uh, would be affected um, by uh, the, the 14th Amendment, Section 3. And, and the, the Supreme Court tossed that out. Again, it's right there. It says any office under the United States. I don't see what's interesting too about this case is that Republicans and independents actually activists, they filed the lawsuit in Colorado. This wasn't actually spurred by Democratic activists. Uh, no. And, uh, and, 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 and at least initially applies to the primary. Um, but in Minnesota, uh, but they threw the it out, right? Minnesota, they threw it out. But, but again, all on sort of legal technicalities. A lot of people are just like Michigan, I believe. Yeah, this is, they're like, this, this is really hard and complicated. And we don't have enough guidance on this. Um, and again, just, I mean, I, you know, again, read the 74-page analysis by the two, uh, you know. That'll be some legal, nice holiday stuff. reading. <laughs> I mean, it's not everyone's idea of a good time. And I'm not trying to be glib that this is like all a slam dunk. It's an unprecedented situation. But read it, apply the law. And I think a lot of people, uh, you know, look to make ornate excuses either for out of partisan self-interest or because it seems too hard and they're afraid of what uh, the, 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 the results of what uh, applying the law fairly and without favor would be. And I think that's just a losing strategy in a democratic republic. Mm. Do you think that the Supreme Court will rush to um, to handle this case before January 5th? I do, simply because that's the deadline for printing the primary ballots. Um, I suppose they could punt. I suppose they could say he has to appear on the ballot until we have a chance to review. Um, you know, uh, there, there are close Supreme Court watchers who can answer that kind of uh, question better than I. But... We should all feel urgency about this, right? I mean, part of the reason we're in this pickle with regard to these cases that are piling up and the possibility uh, that, that uh, uh, you know, e e that all these trials, except for the state ones, could be continue into the new year where it's possible. I don't think that will happen, nor do I think it should happen. Um, but, you know, if, if Trump is president, presumably that would all, all be moot, i.e. no accountability for an attempt to overturn an election, which is, of course, then just practice. Um, you know. Uh, is partly because I think Merrick Garland and the DOJ were were trying, for the good reasons, trying to make sure that the Justice Department was not politicized, as it had been previously. Ali Honig's book would detail that fairly uh, comprehensively, um, uh, and so they 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 followed the lead of the January sixth Commission. Um, and, and if they'd been a little faster on some of these moves, um, you know, we wouldn't be in the time crunch we are. I mean. I think I, I wrote my first piece talking about 14th Amendment, Section 3, uh, in 21, I think the spring of 21. Oh, wow. So you really like, saw this. You, you saw this. Yeah, I'm not claiming, like, you know, like clairvoyance, but I mean, I'd just written a book that covers this era and it's right there. And there are a whole bunch of laws that would seem to apply and everyone act like, you know, like a deer frozen in the headlights. Use a terrible cliched metaphor. <laughs> okay, so anything else you think will come out of this? Say the Supreme Court shoots it down. Do you think it's over? The the, the matter is handled? Or... Well, that's 
traditionally, that's that's what people who respect the rule of law. If the Supreme Court shuts it down, that's the end of it. Um, you know, I think one of the the dangers of the time we're in is that people, uh, you know, invoke the Andrew Jackson, you know, or uh, Andrew Jackson pushback to the Supreme Court, saying that's great, you know, decision. You know, where's your army to enforce it? Um, I don't anticipate Joe Biden or anyone will do that. Um, no, no. But again, you, I, I don't know how you dismiss out of hand these concerns. My guess is it will hinge on the question that you alluded to earlier, which is okay. Well, where has he been convicted of insurrection? Um, and, 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 and what's the mechanism of this? Now, just Judge Ludig says it's self-executing. I would again raise this point that majorities in the Congress, the House of Representatives and the Senate voted, uh, to convict, to impeach and convict in the, in the context of impeachment, uh, uh, saying that he was guilty of inciting an insurrection. But not a supermajority, so he wasn't like, but But, yeah. but the question of impeaching him is separate from that. It, 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 right. I mean, they're majority. So so uh, the impeachment, again, if he it's a political, the, though, it's not a criminal like it's a political decision. Right. Isn't the question of whether you engaged in an insurrection more of a impeachment is political, but it's also. Yeah. Impeachment is political crimes and misdemeanors. Yeah, exactly. Right. But don't you I guess you have to go through the courts, though, too, at the same time. Yeah. And, and I, here's where I think Jack Smith may end up regretting that he didn't pursue the more difficult charge of insurrection or seditious conspiracy against Donald Trump. Um, that that could very well be something that's raised. Um, uh, again, Judge Ludwig would argue this is self-executing. Uh, and, and but but yes, the Supreme Court would presumably need to judge whether the language of the and, and should be the ones to judge whether the language of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, applies. And I'd encourage everyone to go read it and, you know, for themselves and parse it. But essentially what it says is if you have taken an oath to uphold the Constitution and thereafter engage in an insurrection or rebellion or give aid or comfort to enemies enemies therein. Aid uh, or comfort? comfort That seems very uh, broad. It is broad. Right. That's why I'm saying so if you say, well, like, he didn't engage members in the of insurrection Congress because could definitely was, be seen as giving aid or comfort. Some of them gave tours to these insurrectionists. Yes. And 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 I think and that's why, you know, I, I'm very interested. This we, is we, Pandora's we the box of, if they if they it, it, or is it simply this. accountability for encouraging a movement to uh, march on the Capitol to stop the certification of a lawful election on the basis of a lie? Right. I mean, again. We we haven't had this in our history, and and whatever party did it, those people should be held accountable. But yes, if you are in Congress, and this isn't saying I'm concerned about the votes, and you know, you know, people raise these, you know, who uh, Senator Front uh, Johnson said absolutely incorrectly the day that Democrats had done fake slates of electors too, and it's just baseless nonsense because we're living in a bizarre world. But um, but yeah, if. if 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 members of Congress were true believers and they were trying to coordinate with the White House to ensure that uh, that people uh, an angry mar- mob marched on the Capitol to intimidate members inside to not certify the election, uh, would that be considered giving aid and comfort? Possibly. Is that persecution or is that accountability for trying to overturn an election? Again, using force or the threat of force. Um, you know, again, there needs to be. You know, this isn't like, oh, gosh, uh, you know, this was just a what what, what a member from Georgia. You know, this was just a a, a tour. 
a tour on a random day, you know? Uh, no. You can't deny the fact that this is a political trial. I mean, people were sharing some tweets from no, this. No, no, be very careful about that. I disagree. That's really, I, that's, I think that's dangerous phrasing. People hear political okay, trial. Okay, so... They, the, ne- the next word is not, political no, show sorry, trial. Sorry, the hearing is not critical. Oh, sorry. The hearing is not political, but that the interpretation is It has massive political, political implications. Yeah, yes, exactly. It does. I mean, by the way, again, 14th Amendment, Section 3 of the Constitution say that people are in a, disqualified from holding office again. That's political. The punishment in this case isn't, tre- it's not, you know, treason. It's not, you know, saying that, you know, you're all going to get, you know, executed the traditional punishment for treason and you know, military tribunals. The punishment is you can't, you're disqualified from holding office again because you already took an oath once and you broke it. Um, but, but uh, you know, and, and by the way, you know, what we're looking at, in the enormous complexity of, of the, the political year we're looking at is that the number of cases that are winding itself through a Supreme Court, which is a 6-3 conservative majority, um, that have direct implication on the election and the holding accountable of the former president for an attempt to overturn the election after he disregarded the will of the people. After the people, right, all the people who are saying right now, let the people decide. Okay, well, the people did decide in 2020. And Trump and his minions willfully not only ignored it, tried to overturn it despite that. So, you know, again, accountability is what self-governing societies do uh, to ensure that they perpetuate themselves. And, 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 uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. But part of being a citizen of Democratic Republic is understanding history. It's except we live in a rule of law. It's to try to apply that history fairly. And, and, and partially, and realize that these are the tools at our disposal that posterity that previous generations have given us. And this, the Civil War generation dealt with an insurrection rebellion. They and gave isn't it us crazy that we're looking with. back to the Civil War to understand the time we are in right now? It's just it's crazy. And we need to study it, not because there's going to be a second Civil War. I don't believe that for one second. But because one of the things the study of history shows us is when politics becomes tribal, when we degenerate to kind of a blind teamism where one side reflexively hates the other and cannot accept the results of an election um, uh, because they see it as akin to losing their way of life. Or if one side says, if we win, we're coming to take your way of life. Not, not the fear of it, but the fact of it. Um, that's when politics starts breaking down in a liberal democracy. And that's what we need to defend. Because let's let we forget the larger palette is the autocratic, you know, alternatives to the United States desperately want our democracy uh, to, to be divided and dysfunctional because then it, 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 they can say our system is more efficient and effective. Can't let that happen. John, this was super helpful and insightful in a time when I think a lot of people are trying to figure out, is this a big deal? Should we should we think this is going to change the election? Um, how should we interpret it? I appreciate that. And by the way, nobody should be walking around thinking it's the latest version of Fitzmiss or Mueller time and that someone's going to come in and, and, and save it and, and like with one fell swoop. I'm just saying, as I have been saying, it should be applied. It should be looked at. To not do it is to ignore something in the Constitution. It could very well change the playing field. But we have to see what happens and see how the law is applied and not do it from a cheerleading perspective because that's frankly too small for the stakes of this election. Right. So what you're saying is don't get your hopes up, some of you out there. Um, 
And don't and don't demonize it because it's against your guide. Read the Constitution, study your history. We must disenthrall okay. ourselves. Some some light bedtime reading, okay. And that seventy four page go. Federalist Society paper, which I think John should tweet out if he hasn't already. Um, I, I I definitely have in the past, and I will happily do so again. But you can also just Google it. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's not like reading, but it's important reading. Again, keeping in mind that. These aren't liberal jurists. They're conservatives. What is it? How can they Google it if they if the the listeners want to? Uh, just uh, Google uh, Federalist Society legal scholars. It's August of this past year. Uh, you know, say that the Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, applies to Donald Trump. There you go. Thanks so much, Boom. John. This was awesome. We will be in <laughs> touch um, maybe on January fifth. If you're available, if you're not hosting five different shows and booked back to back. we shall see as they say okay talk soon that was another episode of somebody's gotta win I'm Tara Palmieri I want to thank my producers Devin Baraldi and Connor Nevins it's a holiday next week so we are only coming to you once on Thursday we'll be back with our regular schedule um, the second week of January if you like this podcast please share rate it send it to your friends if you like my reporting please sign up for my newsletter, The Best and the Brightest at puck.news slash Tara Palmieri and use the discount code Tara20 for 20% off. I hope you have a happy holiday and we'll see you next week. <laughs>